With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone and welcome back. All right guys, we have a treat for you today. I know I posted this video last week, but it's because I've been so excited. I didn't realize the last time I saw Emily in person was at BravoCon. I realized that, but the last time we had her on our channel was in November. So this is way overdue. We have Emily D. Baker, the number one badass legal commentator on YouTube, joining us to break down some of the most insane Bravo scandals that are currently going down. So if you guys haven't already, go ahead, smash that like button. If you're not subscribed, get subscribed. Don't forget to hit that notification bell and welcome the law nerds into the live chat. And also let's welcome Emily. Hi. Hi, it's so good to see you. I love seeing you. I love seeing you too. My gosh, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. I did a poll asking everyone, where do we start? Do we start with the restraining order? Do we start with the Brandy Caroline, you know, internal investigation? Or do we go into the Girardi of it all? But of course, as you know, the Scandaval has taken over. Look, the Scandaval has taken over my life. I apologized to the entirety of the internet. I should have worn a gray hoodie, but I didn't. Um, I hadn't watched Vanderpump Rules until the scandal started. I never watched it before. And so I had to start watching and I am now just at the end of season three and rapidly trying to catch up. It's wild. So it's been really interesting to watch the show in hindsight, knowing what's going on right now, and then seeing you in a couple scenes as well. That's been, that's been an absolute delight. So it just, it, I don't know how it missed me. I think it's because I'm in that age group that like, this is not my twenties. I can't relate. I was in law school. Like people on the show are like, oh my God, I'm 26. And I was like, oh, at 26, I was a district attorney. Like it just <laughs> wasn't hanging out. At, like it just didn't relate. But now it's really interesting to watch the group dynamics in hindsight. So I've been thoroughly sucked in and now I've got a lot of seasons to catch up on. So you're telling me when you were that age, you weren't chain smoking in a back alley, sleeping with your best friend's man? No, no, I wasn't. I mean, I'm so boring. We've had this conversation so many times. I met my husband uh, right before I turned 20 and we have been together since. So it, it was not, my 20s weren't fun. I went to school and then I went to school some more and then I became a district attorney. Like I just, I went to school and then I got a job and then somewhere in my 30s, I started having children. Like there was no, there was no fun um, I, in hindsight, I would have had a lot more fun and maybe put law school off for a little bit, but, and my summer jobs were kind of dramatic though, like this, but less drinking. Cause we were lifeguards, but my summer jobs, definitely the lifeguarding has shades of VPR with everybody hooking up with everybody for sure. Okay. So there's, there's some moments. There's some moments. There's definitely less drinking because you know, lifeguarding, but yeah. There, there were moments. And then I worked a political convention in Los Angeles one summer when I was still in law school and got to work with the Secret Service. Um, and politics is way more scandalous than VPR because everybody is drinking and sleeping with each other. 
So. I've seen House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I couldn't imagine the drunk lifeguard having to get saved by the not drunk lifeguard <laughs> who's trying to save the person who's actually drowning who really needs to be... Yes. That yeah, I, I witnessed it all. Um, I worked in D.C. as well, and I, I watched it from afar, but I was already... I was already engaged. So I was just kind of watching other people's debauchery at that point. I love it. Well, now that you're watching, and of course, you know about this whole restraining order. I just heard today, I've been talking with the cast a little bit, and we're all on our heels because the Vanderpump Rules reunion films tomorrow. And the hearing for the temporary restraining order isn't until the 29th. Right. Right. Sheena's going to be at the reunion in person and Raquel's going to be at the reunion in person. So I have a conspiracy theory about this. Tell me. Okay. What I think they're going to do is because this is such a big season for Sheena, she's getting married again. And that's right. You were telling me this is the season Sheena gets married. I'm like, no, I'm watching the season Sheena gets married. And you're like, spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, this is a different getting married, but this is actually, honestly, I believe this is her true happy ending. She has a, the most beautiful little baby girl. I just saw them. I did a behind the scenes vlog when I went to go to the premiere in LA and I went over to her house filming them getting ready, like doing glam and everything and just watching her and her husband Brock, like playing with their baby. I'm like, Oh, like it's so I've known her for 10 years. Yeah. It's great to see her have that because at the end of the day, reality TV and the show won't be here forever. Right. But that will. Yes. Yes. So with the restraining order, my conspiracy theory is since this has been such a big, you know, season for Sheena, I feel like they're going to have her come in, film the first part of the reunion, do the package where they're like, Sheena, this has been a wild season for you. You're getting married, blah, blah, blah. And then they're going to ask her about what went down in New York. Then I feel like Andy Cohen's going to be like, okay, guys, due to unforeseen circumstances, we cannot have Sheena and Raquel in the same room, as you know, there's a restraining order in place. So Sheena, thank you so much for joining us. When we come back, we'll be joined by Raquel. I feel like that's exactly what they're going to do. Andy Cohn was like, no Zoom, not happening. There shouldn't be. They should have to sit there and have a conversation. And it would suck for Sheena to not be able to talk about the season and tell her side. Sheena's attorney has put out statements that this is absolutely not what went down. And again, we don't even know if Raquel will show up in court on March 29th to fight this to get a longer restraining order. She could just let it drop. So it could have been sought to just prohibit the reunion or just to prohibit Sheena from talking about her. Sheena can't harass or disparage her, but Sheena can absolutely tell her side and they can't be within a hundred yards of each other, but that would be pretty easy to navigate around with Bravo personnel and keep somebody in a trailer and somebody over there. You can navigate a hundred yards, especially if there are people in place with each of them to make sure there's no problems. That's what I thought. Absolutely. And you know, with the restraining order, I had a few questions for you because it's technically it's under under penalty of perjury, right? Correct. Okay. So when you file for a restraining order, this is to be taken very seriously and it's under penalty of perjury, whatever you're putting in that document. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you're submitting photos of yourself with marks or dark eye, you know, and the mark on her eyebrow, if Sheena said this actually did not happen and I did not leave any marks on her, can they subpoena the metadata or figure out if those photos are older than what she's claiming? 
if this goes forward, they can, but they also submitted medical records that that confirm that the cut on the eye and the bruise on the upper eyelid are three days after, are present to the nurse three days after this event happened or two days after this event happened. I'm just pulling up the date from the urgent care receipt. So two days after the incident happened on March 2nd, this urgent care receipt is from March 4th. So there, yes, they can get that information if this goes forward, but we don't know if this will go forward. The standard for a temporary restraining order is fairly low. The thought behind that being if somebody needs a restraining order because there has been a physical instance, you need to get that in place quickly before sometimes there's time for a hearing. So the hearing won't be till the 29th and the hearing being on the 29th um, gives Sheena a chance to go and present in court if, if Raquel shows up. But Raquel doesn't have to show up. And then these things wouldn't be evaluated at all. If Raquel shows up, there will be an evidentiary hearing and questions about the photos can absolutely come up. But again, there is that receipt from urgent care indicating the bruise above the eyebrow, like the bruise towards the inner eye, and then the cut on the um, eyebrow was present at that time. So for those fans who are speculating that that could have been makeup or they're saying, no, it's absolutely not. There is in fact, a cut on her eyebrow. The ER saw a cut on the eye. How those things got there, it is not what it says. But the urgent MD, urgent care, saw the cut in the eyebrow and then a bruise on the inner corner of the upper eyelid, not under eye, upper eyelid. And that's what I saw in the photos that were submitted as well. Okay. All right. And, you know, it's wild to see because fans are so invested and... Like you said, you've been watching since, or you just started watching. Now you're I on season know, three. But I understand being invested. I've been invested in the Real Housewives. I feel like I'm invested in them and their children. I'll probably be interested in their grandchildren. Like I, I'm invested in the lives of the shows that I watch. Like if Gia gets married, I might cry. Like I, I feel invested into these families and into these, um, you know, personalities that I haven't met. But you watch their families grow up. You watch, you go from watching Teresa give birth on the show to these kids now going to college. It's you're with someone for the course of their life. So I can understand why fans are so deeply invested in not just the relationship of, of Sandoval and Ariana, but also in who's breaking that up and, and what people are saying. And now you add in everybody talking on podcasts and it's, there's a lot of information out there about what's going on. You know, it's wild. I'm about to drop my interview in the next few days that I just did right before this with Teresa. And I even said, when we first met Louis, fans were questioning him and fans. And I, I said to Teresa, I said, I think it's because we've seen your life play out and we've seen your kids grow up. And she stopped me and she said, right. And I appreciate that, but I'm a big girl and this is my life. And yeah. I was like, I, I think sometimes it's hard for fans to kind of fans disassociate. Feel they feel protective. And I right. think fans do feel protective. I agree with that. Now, watching Sheena on the show, a lot of fans are really upset with Raquel because they feel like a restraining order is to be taken very seriously. A lot of people can relate to restraining orders. I mean, I know that I've had, my mom has had to get them in the past before and other other family members. You know, people get restraining orders usually due to very serious matters because you want to feel protected. And then we watch Sheena on the show. And I mean, the most aggressive she gets is when she's aggressively crying. 
we don't see her like popping off. So I feel like fans are just like, what are you talking about? We we don't see this like kind of aggressive bone in Sheena's body. But then I see on the other side where fans are like, you can't tell Raquel whether or not she feels safe. I and mean, it's hard because restraining orders aren't just for physical harm. They're also for harassment and threatening. So you don't know what words were said and you don't know what words were said when emotions were heated. I think the fist bump emoji or the punch emoji, depending on who you're listening to on that is maybe a reach into um, what was meant by that. But then again, if somebody feels threatened, they can get a restraining order. That's what temporary restraining orders are for. They are to let these types of emotions and instances cool down. And that's why the temporary restraining order has a date when then you come in and do a hearing and the judge actually listens to two sides of evidence. So I understand that people have already decided the two sides of evidence. The court hasn't heard that yet. The court has heard one side of this story and said, you know what, there's something there that's enough. And there, whenever there is some apparent injury, they're not going to investigate much deeper into it. So we will see what happened. It really doesn't prove anything um, one way or the other. From the early seasons, we've seen this cast, not Sheena, but others, be really violent with each other. And we've seen... Um, we've seen violence against the men on the cast. We've seen violence between the women on the cast. That's not something new to Bravo. So I can understand somebody feeling like they might uh, be on the receiving end of that in this cast. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. What will be interesting is if Raquel chooses not to show up to that next hearing that I might have some different thoughts on. Okay. All right. So I want to see what happens on the 29th. True. Right. Now, in the meantime, she also sent out cease and desist to the entire cast because of this video where she is claiming... The way I want to see that cease and desist, Adam. The way I want to see that cease and desist. Is that not public? No. Somebody send it to me. If anybody has that damn cease and desist, I won't tell who you are. Just my email's public, man. I want to see that cease and desist so bad. I want to see the cease and desist. All I know is Lala on Instagram, send it to Daryl. I don't want to wake up. Daryl, send it to Emily. Yes. (laughs) Daryl, by the way, is Lala's attorney. And he's like, my my kids are now saying, send it to Daryl. This has been crazy (laughs) for me. And I'm like, I love that Daryl is getting his five minutes off of send it to Daryl. I love that Daryl's become a meme for being great. It's it's such... Attorneys don't often have positive moments. When attorneys become memes, it's normally for not positive reasons so it's kind of funny that lala enjoys her attorney enough to be like send it to my lawyer you know but we this isn't the first cast member we've seen send cease and desist the cease and desist sent in real housewives of beverly hills all became public so but that's because the lawyer sent them out from um oh i'm gonna forget her name darn it the new cast member last season that's not on this season Wait. She's not on this season? She's not on this next season. She was just a one-season wonder. I'm My brain has stopped. Sorry, Uh, y'all. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, Beverly Hills. Y'all know who I... Diane. Oh, Diana Jenkins. Jenkins. Thanks. Yes. Chat, my brain brain literally stopped. Diana Jenkins. We saw her send out cease and desist for uh, defamation, not just to other cast members, but all over. 
Right. Uh, TT Dolls, I had a restraining order against my SA. He can't. Significant. Get, uh, what was it? Significant other? A significant no, other. That would be SO. Sorry, oh. against my SA. Anyway. Um, he can't be in the same store as me at the same time, even 15 years after. But in court, I said, I don't care anymore. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. with the cease and desist, why was the other one made? Pu- so this one will eventually be made public? Not unless the parties choose to share it. Okay. But they can there, and not get in trouble? It depends on the cease and desist. Oh, so it's the verbiage in it. It depends on the cease and desist. Normally, they're not going to do anything. Like, if they're going to sue you, they're going to sue you. But normally, with a cease and desist, there are not provisions to keep them from being shared. It's very difficult to do that. If somebody's talking negatively about you or nasty, and it's just like defaming your character, and you send them a cease and desist, and they still continue to do that, then what would be the next step? You Cardi B it, and you sue them. So that's what we saw with Cardi B. Cardi B used the um, used the cease and desist to say, hey, I now have put you on notice that these things are defamatory. So if you keep saying them, I'm telling you definitively, and now you know. And with a public figure, that helps you prove malice. Wow. So malice has to be proven in a public def- in a defamation of a public figure. You have to show that the person knew it was false and continued. So the cease and desist can prove as the first step to to that because it's like no we told you directly that this was defamatory so now you are on notice if you keep saying it then it makes it easier to sue and we've seen that with um we've seen that with toddy westbrook and we've seen that with cardi b against tasha k wow i mean Mm -hmm. and now she owes cardi b four million dollars so here we are four million dollars and just lost her appeal in a a staggering blaze of of sass from the appellate court so now that she owes her $4 million, do they put like a timeline on it? Like money by Monday, Randall? Like is it, is it, how does this work? Oh, it's a whole nother process. Really? This is a whole nother process. You have to pay your lawyers to try to attach property and try to find the money. This is a whole, it, it's a whole separate phase of the litigation. Trying to recover can be very expensive. So I don't know what we'll see from Cardi B, but Cardi B's also got fuck you money. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's like, so fuck you and just continues on with trying to get the $4 million. So with I mean, that recovery, when you look at civil lawsuits, when you have the conversation with a lawyer about whether or not it's worth it, especially when it's defamation, you have to look at the money you're going to spend to potentially take it to trial. And then you have to look at how difficult it might be to recover judgment. I don't think that. Um, recovering money is what Cardi B was after. Cardi B was after a jury saying this is defamatory of getting into court and saying how difficult this was for her and getting Tasha K to stop saying the things that were found to be defamatory. Which you know what those are, right? Well, we're not repeating them. Right, 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 right. right. Found to be defamatory. But yes, I understand. And I understand why she wanted to protect her reputation. And I think truly as we... We'll circle back to Vanderpump Rules. I think we'll see celebrities suing more to protect their name and protect their reputation. I mean, people used to duel over this stuff. They used to be like, you have offended my reputation. Pistols at dawn. Like, this is this is not a new thing. It's just in the age of social media, those types of insults to character and insults to reputation can A, be more damaging, and B, can spread much further and faster. 
Now, my next question for you to getting back to the Vanderpump rules of it all. If Raquel does not show up to continue this restraining order and get a more permanent one, is there anything like say Sheena's like, okay, well, this embarrassed me. I'm a mother. I'm claiming this didn't happen. This is my reputation. Is there anything that she can do to legally fight back? I I don't think there's anything in there that's defamatory. I mean, I guess she could, you can't even really go after it for malicious prosecution, maybe go after her for costs, but even going after her for costs, it could be, God, it would probably go into small claims. So off the top of my head, if I think of something else, I'll let you know off the top of my head, it would be difficult other than I think the best play would be to go on your podcast and tell your side of it. And, and explain. I think that's the cure for it is you can also speak um, and you're not silenced from doing so. So, Wouldn't the easiest way to put this to bed is if you did, in fact, this happened outside of a restaurant in New York City, it's New York City. So you would, have, you would think that there would be cameras would somewhere. Be mm-hmm. Right, that there would be video. Maybe even if it's a camera on the building, wouldn't Sheena be able to go and reach out to whatever restaurant this was and see if they have the footage and just kind of dead this. If in fact she's telling the truth and that did not happen, wouldn't she be able to say, Hey, or tell her lawyer, can you subpoena that footage? That way we can just put this to bed. They could probably, they could do that. If they did that close in time, a lot of those cameras rewrite after 48 or 72 hours. So if it's not done quickly, and we know that Raquel did not make a police report. So if it's not done quickly, those those things can get overwritten. So yes, it's possible, but it also needs to be done quickly and you need to send a notice to preserve and then grab it. But you can't subpoena things if there's not an ongoing court case. That said, a lot of businesses are very helpful. If you say, hey, there was this incident. We don't think your restaurant has anything to do with it. We just need to see if you have any video. It would really help. Sometimes they will turn it over. Sometimes they won't willingly give it to you. And then you have to start a court process to get it. But without a police report, it does make it a little harder. Harder to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Miss um, Miss Sunjohn or MS Miss M Sunjohn. We're just going to go M Sunjohn. Question. And this is because Tom and Tom decided to open their new bar, Shorts and Sandies. Tom and Ariana bought their $2 million home together, right? They're not married, but they bought this home together. And in one of the episodes last season, Ariana was talking to Lisa Vanderpump and she's like, yeah, um, Tom's taking out a loan against the house, but only his half of the house. And Lisa was like, what do you, if the bank takes half the house, are you just going to live in the other half of the house? That's not how this works. And I was like, oh, Ariana, she has a point. But is Ariana responsible for Tom's debts, even though they are not married? Outside of specific factual scenarios, no. But if there is a specific fact scenario like that, where they have taken out a, um, a you know mortgage-backed line of credit or something, and they both are on the house, depending on the way they are both on the house, maybe with regard to things attached to the house. Okay. And for them, since there is no real agreement in place, but they've been together for almost a decade, say that because this is a nasty breakup, right? It seems that way. The mid-season trailer came out. 
I saw that. Cameras picked up. It was it was after production. They picked up as soon as this broke. I can they, picture how fast they were running to their cameras. Oh my gosh. It was the way I was running to my computer when I heard Jen Shaw had been arrested. I was like, what's happening? You're like, you're like making dinner for the kids and you're like, stir your own pasta. Stir your own pasta. No, but then that's my question too, is like you we saw them in season trailer. You know, Tom, do you want anything for you to die? And you see her like screaming. She's pissed. Rightfully so. This was her best friend. She brought her in like a little sister. She had nowhere to go on Thanksgiving. Ariana was like, hey, come over to my house. I have a guest room. Meanwhile, she's sleeping with Tom while Ariana's trying to open up her home. She's obviously pissed and she has every right to be. Yes. What if this doesn't go away? What if she's looking at, because when they bought their home, they were made fun of in the very beginning because all of the other cast members that bought their homes, they were fully furnished. And everybody was like, I don't want to go to their home. They, they're they living like teenagers, living in a $2 million home with no furniture. What a joke. I'm like, it's a $2 Do you know how hard it was to get furniture during the pandemic? I just want to say, when did they buy the house? <laughs> right before the pandemic. Because it was when we moved in 2020, it was so hard to get a couch. Just, yeah. To their defense, there was a, it was a little difficult. My couch took two and a half months during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. I don't know how long it took, but. No, but I mean like they, every specific, every piece in their home is custom made specifically, like specific to the house. If they decide that they don't want to sell the furniture in the house, they just want to sell the house and they want to split things, but they don't agree on it. How does that work? Not easily. Um, a lot of couples that aren't married will pay for specific things. Like I paid for the table, you paid for the dresser. We split that that way. There is no common law marriage in California. So you wouldn't even be able to do that if they had to. I guess they could pay for mediation if they wanted to, to have someone else decide if they both agreed to go to mediation. I don't know if they would agree to that. And then if somebody wants to stay in the house, they have to make the other party buy them out of the house or they have to sell it and then they both take their part depending on what they what they um what they put in or out. So yes, well, they could buy each other out of the house. And it depends on how the house is purchased. There's a lot of different ways to own property in two names. So it really does depend on how they own the property. And that's very deeply specific and I'm not going to speculate on it because I haven't seen the way the property's held, but there's different ways to hold property. And if they hold it in a trust, then that's an entirely different thing. And that's very possible given that they both have some level of celebrity. They might hold it in a trust and not in their own names. And that's that depends too. Wow. There's so many logistics to all of this. There are a lot of logistics, but the hard thing is, is without seeing the documents, there are a lot of factors that depends. The thing is, it breaking up is very difficult. Even if you're breaking up a marriage without a prenup, it's difficult to figure out who gets what and where. And then how do you account for all the things you've paid for over the years? Has she ever lent money into his career? Has he ever lent money into into things that she's doing? She let money be taken out of the house to start a business. Does she have an interest in the business? There's a lot of questions there that are going to take a while to untangle. But at least in season three, she was saying, I never want to get married. So they had to have had this talk somehow um, about what they would do if they broke up. Maybe they never did. This is one of the things helpful with marriages is that you can get a prenup and discuss what you're going to do if things don't go well. Just put it all on paper, friend. 
Put it on paper. Look, if you start a business with someone, it should be on paper. Everything you should do should be in agreement because when things are good, it's real easy to talk through. Okay, how is this going to work? Okay, if if it ended, whose who's pieces belong where? And Tom was putting his pieces where they don't belong, it seems. More than one piece where it doesn't belong at the time. Maybe it belongs there now, but... Okay. Are they dating? Is that what's happening? Uh, I, look, I mean, has ruined my entire week, so I'm not really sure. Are they dating? Is that what's happening? They're going to definitely end up dating. I mean, Are listen. Are they going to be invited to BravoCon? I, I don't know because... That's a security issue, I would think. I would think so too. She just showed up and TMZ had a photo of her because they caught up with her. She just literally showed up. She dropped her dog off because she was hiding out in Arizona at her parents' house. She dropped her dog off to, um, I guess, like a a boarding place Mm because her parents live in Arizona. Tom Sandoval was hiding out in Arizona with her. And I'll just bring this up just to show you. I'm going to bring you up to speed really quick. And the thing is, you guys, walking around BravoCon, there are people like you, there are people close to the talent. There are meet and greets like it is it, that I could see that being a nightmare. Okay, keep going. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Raquel, have you spoken to your castmates? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you see any reconciliation in the future? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Oh, well, she's optimistic. You see the re- any reconciliation in the future? The rest of the cast is like, uh, no, girl. And that's how it works. That's how Brandy Glanville got ousted from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she was on an island because the rest of the cast did not want to film with her. Just like Phaedra Parks when she came up with that allegation of can't like when it came to candy trying to drug people and then take them into a dungeon. Yeah. If no one will film with you, you're out. Keep you. You're out. But Jason and a few other there are fans who are speculating that. She's going to come out at the reunion and say that she's pregnant. And I'm like, you guys are wild with these. If she comes out with that. They're running plot lines, man. They're running plot lines. That's not going to be, that's not going to make it better though. Is that something that Tom and Ariana wanted? Have they talked about that on the show? She never wanted babies. He does. Oh, so this would be a big deal. This would be a big deal. These are conversations you have to have before you are with someone forever. I, I just, you have to have these conversations. It's hard. Um, relationships are so messy. Relationships in VPR are much messier, it seems. Is there something in the sangria, Adam? You've had the sangria, I assume. Oh, we, listen, we used to go, <laughs> we used to go because the sangria was left in the back and it was in buckets, right? Because they'd make like, the sangria and you would just take your coffee cup and you would dip it and you would hold your white ceramic coffee cup and go, <laughs> and that is how you got through your night at sir yes sangria sangria but no yes there must be something in the sangria i don't know what's going to happen even fans now are saying listen at this point they better stay together but like you said at BravoCon, it can totally be a security concern because jen shaw and i get it totally totally different circumstances she defrauded the elderly And that would trigger a lot of people. So they were like, we don't think it would be good for you to show up to BravoCon. That makes sense. But then you and I were at the Beverly Hills panel watching how people were reacting to Lisa Rinna. And I'm like, she's on stage. She's not even walking through the crowd. 
And I don't think there was one time that she did walk through the crowd. She did not. She did not walk freely at all. I think she came into the panels she had to do and then was back out through the back. She was not um, on the floor at all. But even with this cast, this is a large cast. It seemed like most of the cast of Beverly Hills was cool enough with Rena that it wasn't going to be a problem. It doesn't seem like the VPR cast is cool enough that this wouldn't be a problem. Oh, thank you, TT Doll. Um, that makes a lot more sense. I, yes, I read it. I read it wrong. But yes, when there are, especially if there are convictions, those stay away orders can be in place for a lifetime, depending on the court and jurisdiction. Right. And, so. you know, to be fair, I, again, back to your, um, BravoCon idea too. I, I I don't foresee unless this dies down, which we have a lot of time before BravoCon. It could totally die down, right? And people I don't know. Fans are pissed. What would make this go? What would make this better? Because I think fans also. It seems that fans also feel betrayed. If she moves on, if Ariana moves on, which I don't like. Her thing is. And I know this for a fact from being around her. She's very independent. She's very strong. And she's not, she doesn't want people speaking for her. One million percent. And I saw where some people were like, Ariana is going to get another man. And I can already see what she's saying. She's like, I don't need another man. Stop putting me like I need a man. To I'm good on my own. And I can see her getting probably a little annoyed by that. Because when I was on stage with Tom and Tom in Los Angeles, and she was in the audience. She didn't come on stage, but when she was in the audience, the question came up about marriage and we asked, we let, I think it was somebody in the audience who asked Tom about, would you and Ariana get married? And they gave her the mic. And she was like, first of all, the only people who ask us this are people who don't know us. And I am so sick of this question. I don't need to get married. And she just kind of went in and I'm like, Oh, it's hard. I, I understand where she's coming from in that because there is a lot of like, oh, women have value by what man they're with. And it's like, no, no, stop. Stop with that. So I can get it. It's like, oh, but honey, if you really loved you, you'd be married. And she's like, this isn't a validation of a relationship for me. This isn't what I want. So I understand her perspective on that. And I understand the frustration with that, with the, oh, you'll get another man. She might be like, bitch, I'm done with men. I don't want another man. Leave me out of it. Stop assuming. Like, Yeah, no, I think that's exactly how she would be. And, yeah. you know, to, to answer your question, what would make this better? I think the only way people will forgive the, like the situation and it would get better would be to see her just thriving and living her best life. And then yes. they're going to kind of look at Tom and Raquel, like, this is so sad for you too. You guys, like nobody wants to talk to you, whatever. It's like, you've already been beaten down so much because of what you guys did. There's nothing, you can't sque- squeeze yeah. blood out of a turnip, you know? So there's no more beating to do. Call PETA because the horse is dead. <laughs> there is a there is a lot of truth to the best revenge is living well. And, and if they ice them out of the show, that ends up being the revenge right there, right? It's nobody will film with them. And if everybody is standing behind Ariana, do they decide they're not filming with Tom either? Or will the guys snivel back to Tom like they seem to do? And then the guys will film with Tom. Was that a rude way to say it? It might've been a little bit of a rude way to say it. Sorry. I'm in season three. (laughs) No, No, I think that there's only one guy who would film with Tom and that would be Tom. Tom. Yeah. Only the two Toms will... Because their business sort of depends on it. I wonder how much it's impacted Schwartz and Sandys or Sandys and Schwartzies or whatever the hell it's called. 
I mean, so the Yelp reviews are off the charts with oh, how they've nasty gotten, they are. They've gotten review brigaded. Yes. I mean, yeah. people are like, I found a cockroach at Shorts and Sandy's and then they're posting photos and it's a cockroach with Raquel's head superimposed on it. And it's like, oh, right. God. Right. And then the, Yelp had to- the, the brigading happens. Right. Yelp had to shut them down. But then those were Yelp reviews from people all over the world, I'm guessing, or anybody who's invested in this. And then you see other fans who are now going to Schwartz and Sandy's and they're taking videos and the place is packed. So sometimes scandal's good for business. Aren't the ratings like the highest they've been in a very long time? I feel like this is going to be one of the top panels at BravoCon this year because everybody is back invested in the show that... You know, for the last few years, it seemed like it was the diehard fans watching. And now when I'm getting messages from everyone, literally like, oh my God, are you covering this? Um, There's a lot of interest in Vanderpump Rules. And a lot of people who are like, oh, I fell off somewhere in the middle and now I'm catching back up. Bravo's going to be loving the scandal. Uh, I'm sure. They're like, listen, we feel so bad for you, Ariana. You're going to be great. Just stick with the sandwich shop. But we have to... um, ride this out because this is amazing for ratings. And also you all get to keep your job for at least two more seasons. You're secure. I mean, there is that. And did, did Teddy Mellencamp really insinuate that Lisa Vanderpump orchestrated this whole thing? Did that happen? Can I just say really quick, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest about this. And this is not negative guys. I had Teddy Mellencamp. This is not negative. I'm worried about what's coming next. (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. (laughs) So. I covered this, right? Because she was talking on the podcast. Teddy Mellencamp does not have the best history when it comes to the way that she speaks about Lisa. They didn't, you know, they left off in a bad place. This whole Puppygate scandal, right? So after that, they just kind of parted ways. Lisa lost her mother and her brother. Her brother, you know, took his own life. And nobody showed compassion because they felt like for the longest time she was manipulating storylines behind the scenes as if she was this puppet master, which she was great TV. She probably was. She was like, this is what needs to go on. There's a new girl. I got her. Don't worry. I'll plant the seed. But then when it came time to her really needing people there for her, it was like, they were like, we have no compassion because you've done so many things in the past and sorry, we don't feel bad for you. Anyways, Lisa ends up exiting. And after that, fast forward, Tamara and Teddy get this two T's in a pod podcast, right? So, Teddy, Do all of the Bravo Lebs have podcasts at this point. I mean, I mean, maybe a lot to keep up with. Wait till you see. I, I will send you the clip from my interview that I just did today that I was mentioning earlier with Teresa because I asked her how her podcast with Melissa Feaster, Namaste Bitches, compares to Two T's in a Pod, and she went in, <gasps> and I was like, "We love some podcasting drama." I was I mean, not expecting that. She's like. She's like, aren't they like, she was just pretty much pointing out the fact that it's a lot of drama and that is not what she's focused on. And she's not about talking shit. And I was like, okay. So Teddy Teddy ends up going on and she's like laughing about it. So that makes it okay because it's a joke, right? She's laughing about it. So if you say it and you, you put something out there, as long as you put a giggle behind it, then it's okay. And she was like, I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if Lisa Vanderpump didn't pay Raquel to have this affair for the ratings. (laughs) And then after that, it made page six. It made all of these major media. But you know what a lot of podcasters do is they take those segments of the podcast and email them out. 
Right. That's how page six knows about it. Well, and what two T's in a pod, which they have a great podcast and they're always living in the top of the chart. So there's no disrespect there. What they also do is they take small clips that are anywhere from like 10 seconds to a minute long and they post them on their Instagrams and stuff. Which is smart. Which is smart. And then people want to go listen to the episodes. Well, you are talking about this. You're posting the clip and you're talking about this joke that you made. And then she went on to also go and say like, she said in the past, like, I don't know this whole Lisa upset about her brother and us not showing her compassion. She didn't even talk to her brother. And I'm like, what are you talking about? When I worked there, her brother came in numerous times to pump. He was sitting at the table with her. When her brother took his life, she took his sons who came from overseas. She moved them into Villa Rosa. She was always crying. She was making sure that they had everything that they needed. Like she would stop her dinners and go check. And she'd be like, Adam, where are the boys? And I'd be like, in the lounge. And I'm like running around trying to, so I just, I watched it and I'm listening to her side of it. And I'm like, this is wild. So when the yeah, page, you weren't article, even there, <laughs> you weren't there. So yeah. I did the page six TikTok. I did a TikTok of the page six article and she messages me and she's like the hypocrisy. And I was like, let's talk about it, Teddy. What's up? And she goes, I just want to say the hypocrisy of this all. And are you joking? Now people are going to start sending me death threats because this is taken so out of context. Lisa Vanderpump just went on Watch What Happens Live. And she wouldn't have been on Watch What Happens Live anyways because they don't want her on that um, Watch What Happens Live. She has nothing to talk about unless this affair would have, you know, that's why she went on because of the affair. So she's still bashing her and she's like the hypocrisy of it all. And when she did go on watch what happens live, she was talking about Rinna and Kyle. So where's the hate for her and that same energy. And I'm like, Teddy, two different things, I, two different things, like and two different things. I said, I never want to see anybody send you death threats or threaten your family. So for that, just like words have consequences. So does creating certain content which you do, and you also thrive on creating certain content that's going to get the clicks where you say things for shock factor. Like Lisa Vanderpump probably paid Raquel to sleep with Tom in order to boost the ratings. How did you think that was going to go, girl, with the number one podcast? That's a big accusation. It's a big accusation, but it's not an accusation because it was a joke because it ended with a giggle. So she totally ripped me like a new AWS hole. And then I messaged Tamara and I was like, what the fuck? Pretty much. And I said, listen, I literally put out a TikTok and then I got in trouble for it by Teddy. And then I apologized to her. And then I was like, listen, can we please bury this? Like, I don't want problems. That's like the last thing I need right now, or just like that negative energy. And then she agreed to it. And then finally, I was like, I'm not even drinking right now, but I need a freaking drink. And I text Tamara. I was like, I feel like somebody give me a fucking orange. Like I deserve to be a housewife. I feel like I'm ready to be a housewife. I'm, I'm ready. Here. We've got the scandal. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that's the whole Teddy Mellencamp of it all. But even to be fair, and I said this too on my channel, I saw a few content creators, Teddy Mellencamp being one of them at BravoCon. And when you go to BravoCon, you know, because we were there, right? You see all of these people. They know what you say about them, especially if you oh. have- instantaneously. Do you know what surprised me the most? What? Do you know who seemed to be keeping close track of this as much as the ladies? Who? The husbands. Yeah. The husbands were in all of the tea. And I was very much surprised by that just because I guess I'm judging it off of my own life where I'm like, so honey, Gwyneth Paltrow's in trial. He's like, what? For what? What? And I'm like, 
damn it. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm up to all day long in my office. You're just like, eh, she's talking about something. But the husbands were up on what everybody was saying. And we were at the Legends Ball and Teresa was confronting Vicki Gumbleson on something Vicki had said that morning. Like, yeah. The 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 swiftness with which they know. There's times I'll get DMs and it's like this content creator said this about you or that about you. I'm like, thank you for being protective of me. Thank you for letting me know. People are going to talk about people. I talk yeah. about people all day. I mean, I talk about their lawsuits, but people want to talk about people. So I'm surprised how much they know and remember. I would be the worst housewife ever because they'd be like, she said this. I'm like, really? I've forgot. I'm so ADHD. I've just forgotten. Like it's... I don't know. I, I wouldn't remember. They remember receipts from decades ago. No, nope. wild. They don't play. Even when they we were at the that. Legends Ball and we were sitting up there and I was talking to Emily Simpson, she said, by the way, meet my husband. And I met Shane and he's like, I just want to let you know, I don't comment on your lives, but I watch you to see what you're saying about my wife. And I was like, what? And he's like, you never say anything negative. And I really appreciate that. And she's like, he watches you all the time. And then when we saw Dolores, we were backstage for another thing. Paul, her new man, who I just interviewed them, come to find out they've been together for two years. And I'm like, I'm in really? season time. Yes. I'm, yes, I'm in season time too, because time is a construct, especially with New Jersey. Right. Yeah. So we're living in season time. And I didn't even realize that. And the first thing when I said, I said hi to Dolores and she's like, hold on. And then said, you have to meet Paul. So then I met Paul and he's like, I love you, man. Ever since, like, ever since I was introduced and everybody knew I was with Dolores, you were one of the few that was so nice. You were so welcoming. And I was like, I wouldn't have even thought. And then of course, as you know, I went up to another Orange County housewife and that was completely awkward. And she looked at me like, bitch, you just sat down with Kelly Dodd. Get out of my face. I'm like, she did not say that. She didn't say that, but I'm saying that's how she looked at me. That's how you interpreted the look. That's it's how I interpreted the look. Knowing who watches your content. Um, and I think it's it's a reminder, and the housewives remind us so often that they're people. And they remind us. like They see when they're excluded from things. They see when people talk about them. And and there are real hurt feelings. And that's one of the big things to take away from these shows. Like the the hurt feelings are very real. And I think in VPR, the hurt feelings are spewing over to the audience. The audience is betrayed and pissed at Tom Sandoval. They're just like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And he just, mm. yep. It's wild. It's wild. But yes, the, the game of keeping receipts and who said what about who is a very interesting game to watch play out across these shows and across social media. Because at the beginning of these shows, People weren't talking about each other on Twitter. Like you, because I'm watching Vanderpump from the beginning, you're just seeing the first versions of Instagram play into the show and how they're using social media. It's just starting. And when some of the Housewives franchises started, it was before people were really using those social media apps, especially people in the kind of age group of the Housewives. So it's interesting to watch. Oh. Well, and, and that's also too, by the way, to the point that I was making earlier was when you talk about them, everybody knows. And then even though I understand that you get to hide behind a camera, like we're all behind a camera, we're not having to face these people and every in our everyday lives, but then we will eventually run into them like a moment like that, if you choose to go. And then how uncomfortable and awkward is that? Right. So I, I saw Teddy when she was doing press and I saw her at one point where she was sitting kind of there and she was on her phone looking around and then I was like she looks so uncomfortable lo and behold she comes out and she says on two t's in a pod she's like 
honestly, Tamara, like when you were doing your thing, like I didn't know if somebody was going to walk up and slap me or if somebody, and I'm like, see, who wants to feel like that? Right. Right. You know? It was, I was, I'm always pleasantly surprised when people are like, I watch your content. I'm like, really? <laughs> Great. I hope I you enjoy it. Since we talked so much before about the whole, um, I wanted to just, because I didn't bring it up here, but I wanted to share this with you because I was giving you like the little backstories and stuff. Tell me. I posted this. <gasps> and it, Oh Where you God, can see Jax and little James and like Sheena back in the day. This was back in the day. This is, I love this. This is exactly where I'm at with watching this season. Uh, oh, that is very James Kennedy. I, very can I James. ask a personal Jax question? I hate him, sure. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Has anyone diagnosed this man with ADHD? Um. I don't. I'm watching season three. Look, I am ADHD. I'm a parent to two ADHD kids. And I am sitting here watching Jax's behavior and they're trying to tell him these all these things are wrong with him. I'm like, why has no one just diagnosed you with the ADHD that is clearly present in the room? Why are we not talking about this? I just I just wondered if it comes up in other seasons. Um, I don't know no. if okay. he's been diagnosed with that. Well, you know, I, I know Jax, I'm gonna be like, hi. <laughs> You don't know who I am, but I am very neurodivergent. And the impulsivity that you find so uncomfortable, that is a hallmark of ADHD. Or, you know, well. No, yeah. because there's theft and there's stealing from work. There's other, there's other quirks. It, it, That's all ADHD? I, I, I think some of that might be undiagnosed ADHD. The impulsivity is a hard one with ADHD. So is the seeking, uh, seeking dopamine. So it, it's interesting to see his behavior because it, it looks like he hasn't gone to therapy very long. Um, and so it looks like he's kind of popped in for the show because it's a good look, but hasn't maintained that relationship. But I don't know. Are he and Brittany still together? I just, I'm just with Brittany and her new boobs right now. <laughs> in the reunion. Yes, she will be. They will both be on Watch What Happens Live tonight, addressing the scandal. And oh. wait, wait for it. They are opening up about their new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jax, have me on your podcast. Let's talk ADHD, buddy. We got, we got some, we got th some things to discuss. I think it might make your life a little bit easier. I mean, put it out uh, there. I don't diagnose people, but I. There's times when you watch things. If you are neurodivergent, you watch things and you recognize behaviors that for me particularly, the things I notice the most are the things I don't like about myself. And so I see some of it with him, the interrupting, over-explaining, impulsivity, some, some life-ruining decisions. It's, it's interesting to watch. Um, so I, I mean, I, I didn't ever look at it from that because only, thank you, Kay Silks, for the super chat. Um, only because I just didn't want to say the word homewrecker and then I just said it. So that defeated not saying homewrecker. Sorry, Kay Silks. But I know for a fact being around um, just in that it's a very, it's a party scene down there, you know, West Hollywood, right. And you're working around it. And then everybody goes and they're partying while they're working. They're partying after they're working. Sometimes it's not always just out. Like it's, it's Hollywood, it's LA. And sometimes people go nuts on things that they probably shouldn't. So I always wondered, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody partaked in anything, but just, I always wondered if you do partake in certain things, does it have long lasting side effects to make you act certain ways? Like, does it affect your behavior that patterns? That can happen. Yeah. Yep. That, that's, by the way, I'm not saying that anybody 
partook in anything. I'm, I'm saying-, saying that can happen. Shauna S is in the chat saying, you get a podcast and you get a podcast and you get a podcast. It's so funny. Everybody wants a podcast. Everybody get, listen, everybody can just get, everybody get a podcast. Like I you love said. My podcast. <laughs> okay. I wanted to bring this up um, to you. Can we talk about the Brandy Glanville lawyer demands? Yes, we can. You have to pull them up because my brain is not focused on them in a minute. I saw it happen and it happened like at the end of Murdaugh. And so Murdaugh took up way more of my time and energy I mean, than I anticipated. You literally lived in your studio for like, what, six weeks? Six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. Jesus. Okay. So, so here, let me go ahead and bring this up because I am so curious. I want to read this really quick. Okay, Brandy Glanville lawyer demands studio execs release harassment audio. So, it is absolutely unacceptable that your company would knowingly and willingly allow such a story to take hold in the media without any regard for the truth or the impact on Miss Glanville's reputation. Okay, and then continues on. He claimed that the decision not to release the tape while the accusations were being reported in the press was a cynical ploy for ratings. The idea presumably being that potential viewers' interest would be piqued by press reports about Glanville's alleged behavior. Supporters of Manzo, former housewife Glanville, have both claimed for weeks the audio would confirm their version of events. Now, her attorney demanded in the letter that Warner release them now. Yeah, Warner's not going to do that. Yeah, and Manzo made her claims the morning after the alleged incident, which is said to have happened on the evening of January 25th. And as we know, she was saying that Brandy gave her unwanted kisses. They went into a bathroom. Either women spoken publicly about this or was it just reported to Bravo and then it leaked? So it was it technically what happened. This happened that night while they were filming. And it was the day before the last night that they were filming Ultimate Girls Trip. Right. And then Brandy left and Carolyn left, right? So, right. But the next morning, she found out from producers that Caroline was a little upset because that next morning, I believe Brandy's side of the story was she wasn't upset that night. But then producers told her the next morning that Caroline was upset. So then she sent a series of text messages to Caroline, you know, saying whatever she said. And then... Producers said, okay, well, if she feels this way and she feels like you violated her space, Brandy, we're going to have to send you home. And then shortly after they sent her home, Caroline was like, I'm also out. This was too much for me. This has been very traumatic. I'm leaving as well. Now Brandy is saying, I didn't do that. This is filmed not like regular housewives. It's very big brother. There are cameras everywhere. We're mic'd up. You guys have the audio. You have the video. So if you have it, this is more damaging to my reputation. I'm losing jobs because of this. And I think I think it's interesting, and I wanted to ask you about this, because the lawyer is pretty much saying, if you have it, you guys have the audio, release the audio. But that's like, be careful, because what if she actually, what if she said something, or what if something did happen, and you're calling them out about it and they do release the audio and it makes Brandy look bad. You have to be really freaking confident that they don't have audio or video that confirms Caroline Manzo's story. Right. Or won't be interpreted that way because you can never know how something is going to land with the public. But I can understand that this 
law has a double edged sword, right? It's not just the law part, but it's also the PR part. And this might be part strategy to put the focus off of Brandy and back onto Bravo. Hey, Bravo, why aren't you protecting your talent? Why aren't you releasing this? You know, these stories are circulating and it's, it's unfair of you to allow this defamation to go on. Uh, it will be interesting to see I don't know if they're in their contracts, they can't really sue Bravo for the way they're portrayed. So there's not much they can do except demand it publicly. There's a reason a letter like that that would never be part of a public court filing at this stage of the proceedings gets to who was that? Who's it listed on? Who's got the letter? Is it page six? It's page six. Yeah. So the someone sent the letter directly to page six and was like, this is what we're doing to get the story out there to put the put the light back on to Bravo and to tell Brandy's story without Brandy having to tell her story. This is um, a strategy call from Brandy and her attorneys and possibly a crisis PR team. But is Warner Brothers obligated to release that? No. Well, even in this, like when they continue on, they say in that bathroom, as the audio will confirm, nothing inappropriate or illegal whatsoever occurred. As you know, both from your investigation and the audio and the video that you possess, the four women washed their hands before returning to the party where they enjoyed some food and chatted. Throughout Miss Throughout, Miss Manzo appeared to be having a great time and didn't telegraph any signs whatsoever that she wanted Miss Glanville to leave her side. Overall, the entire incident was compromised of some flirtatious conduct and kissing between Miss Manzo and Miss Glanville, and all of it was absolutely mutual and consensual. And there were three eyewitnesses to corroborate her actions. Um, Shed Media and Warner Brothers has chosen to sit idly by and let this false narrative continue. Now, I know for a fact um, that there were three people Listen, I don't know for if I wasn't there. So let me reword this. I know, <laughs> I know that there are three people who are claiming that they were there for this incident who were who are a part of the cast. And they felt in that moment that there was no threat, that they were all having fun. And they were very shocked by this. Um, but then again, you also, it's like with the whole Raquel thing, you can't tell Raquel that she doesn't feel safe or how if she feels safe or doesn't feel safe like you can't tell caroline if she feels like her privacy or her area was invaded or not invaded you know what i mean well we saw we saw this or or something similar to this with crystal on real housewives of beverly hills when sutton was going to return a coat and going into her room and crystal was like hey stop and crystal felt like her space was very violated and that she was very violated. And you saw Sutton be like, I was just trying to return a coat and be a friend. I don't understand why this is a big deal. You see these misunderstandings between people and I'm not going, we don't really know what happened and we don't know all of what people are saying happened. But when there is an incident, your body kind of has three reactions, fight, flight, or freeze. And there are times when everybody might be like, oh, that was okay. And once you get out of the situation and back, you're like, what just happened was really not okay. And so it just depends on how Carolyn responded. They might have perceived it as being okay. And she might have internally shut down to something that was very much not okay with her. So you just don't know without seeing it and without hearing from both parties how they took it. Because we've seen Brandy 
hit um, Lisa Vanderpump and say things to her like, what, did you want me to lick your cat and things like that? So you never know how that might be received where Brandy thinks it's playful and joking that Caroline receives that in a much, much different way. So we just don't know. And I think the strategy of being like, hey, Bravo, you could clear all of this giant mess up by just releasing the audio is a fair ask from the attorneys, but it's not going to happen. That's right. their their proprietary information. And there's no lawsuit. There's nothing to compel them to, to release it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you signed your life away when they paid you the six figures to go film for a week in Thailand. And there's that. Yes. Okay. So... so now, again, she's claiming that she's losing jobs because of this. And then Caroline Manzo finally broke her silence for the first time. And she's still <laughs> saying this has been very traumatic. This just came out this week. It's been very traumatic. Um, I don't want to talk about it. There's an internal investigation going on. And I'm going to let the investigation play out. And I think that's a fair statement for both. And I understand where Brandy's coming from, but I understand where Caroline's coming from. Like Brandy's coming from, but with these rumors out here, people don't want to work with me and they think I'm a liability. That's a, t- that's a tough thing, but parties went home from filming. Of course, there's going to be rumors. I, I don't know what the solution is um, to that. So we have seen Brandy take things too far when she's drinking in the past does that mean that's what happened here? We just don't know. But if there's an internal investigation, I think Bravo's going to have to, as we move forward, we're starting to see more Bravo investigations. But we also know production allows certain things to go forward, like Heather's black eye, right? That production will allow something to to grow in a certain way that benefits the show. Because at the end of the day, what I think the cast feels betrayed by is the show must go on kind of attitude. And if, if it's good for the show, it's good for the show, even if it's not good for you. And that's a hard thing. And I feel like too, for Brandy, I mean, and this whole thing, I just thought it was interesting when Caroline Manzo broke her silence and she, at the end of it, the last thing she said was, you'll just have to tune in and watch how it plays out on TV. And I'm like, tune in and see how it plays out. Tune in. Like it's, it's just like hurting us. Tune yeah. in to Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip to I figure mean, out how this time that ultimate because we've got we still have to get to the Ultimate Girls Trip with Heather and Whitney and all of them. That comes out Thursday on Peacock. Does it come out Thursday? Mm-hmm. Gwyneth is ruining my my week. <laughs> but by the time that because that at BravoCon I was like, oh, I'm ready for this Ultimate Girls Trip. I really like Ultimate Girls Trip as a franchise quite a lot. Um, as th- we get further away from this scandal, by the time the next one airs, it's going to all come back up again which will be interesting to see. So we'll see how the internal investigation plays out. Has Brandy said much other than through her lawyers or is it just through the lawyers? It's, I mean, she's, I I believe it's just been through the lawyers. I think that she's spoken a couple of times and said, you know, like I can't say much. She's just, of course, there's an investigation going on, which is fair. And that's one of those things you kind of have to take with like, there's an investigation. That's all I can say. 
And she spent so much time off of the network trying to fight to get some sort of spot back. They're not going to throw her back on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now, obviously. So Ultimate Girls Trip, it's a good contract for her. How do you get to do two Ultimate Girls Trips? So what they were trying to do was make Phaedra... Right? Yeah, this is her second. They were trying to make um, Eva, Phaedra, and Brandy, like the core three that were going to keep doing these Ultimate Girls trips and then have other cast members come in. I like the three of them so much together. Yeah, well, and the fans love them together. And for them, yeah. it benefits them because when you have a standard contract and all of them get the... It doesn't matter if you're in Real Housewives of New Jersey or Beverly Hills, it's like a standard contract and it limits you from other opportunities. Whereas the Ultimate Girls trip contract it does so not. Right. Yeah. So they're able to go do, they're able to take on other gigs. They can do other things. And that's exciting for them because yeah. last time I heard talking to one of the housewives, I believe that they're making anywhere, depending on who it is, from 150 to almost $300,000 to go film on vacation for like for a week. Days. Yeah. It's like a week and a half. But yeah. <sighs> We're in the wrong business, Emily. I don't know about that. Um, oh. <laughs> Ultimate Girls Trip is where it's at. I, I don't know if I could let editing control my life. I don't know if I could be, I don't know if I would be interesting in this context of girls trip. I don't think I have the courage that a lot of these um, cast members on Bravo have to open up their lives in such a real vulnerable way. I, I think I'd be the one getting yelled at, like you're on a reality show. And I'm like, I'm not saying shit about any of this. Like (laughs) just, just not just not doing it. I like having my camera set where I have it. I was on court TV last night and they're like, can we change the angle of the camera? I'm like, no, no, we can't. This is my setup. And this is what you get. If you would like to not have me on, that's fine. I've got my own shit, but I like being in control. I don't think I would have the courage. It, it takes a tremendous, and I know people put down like, Oh, it's reality TV. I think it takes a lot more courage than acting where you get to disappear and play somebody else. And you get to take that role off at the end of the day. The the casts of reality shows open up their lives, their real lives, their messy lives, their divorces, their kids, their growth, their pain. They open it all up for TV. And though a lot of that is lubricated with alcohol, it still can't be easy because you have to go back and not just watch yourself in unflattering situations, but then sit down at a reunion and hash out those uncomfortable situations. It's constant confrontation. And the one thing I really learned about being at BravoCon is watching watching those relationships they don't stay on stage those relationships are real relationships that they're filming with people so the feelings are very very real it's not just put on for tv for most right no exactly and i i think that sometimes it's hard for people to realize that right so yeah, I mean, they're real people with real feelings and real relationships, and it's a mess. I I can talk about my mess with my friends. I could never do it on TV. And then to be judged for how I dealt with it um, would be very difficult for me. So, my God, there's no way I could never. I, but- could ne- I could never. I don't have that courage. I'm very happy to talk about it and watch it. I'm very happy to be <laughs> doing what I'm doing. But I, I don't know how people, I don't know how people do it. It's like, you think it's cool to be on the side of the victims? Let me be clear. I don't give a fuck about anybody but myself. Woo. Like, that okay. was really wild. Are we talking about Erica? Are we switching to Girardi things? Yes, because I wanted to ask you. Now, yeah. you've seen that Erica is now demanding damages for the earrings, right? 
I saw that briefly. Okay. So what? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so it says she's demanding damages because of the statute of limitations. She didn't ask for a stay of the sale of the earrings. So this is a very interesting strategy. They appealed the sale of the earrings. I'm shocked that they didn't ask for a stay. They never asked for a stay. They could have, and a stay by the court is like a pause. Like, hey, don't sell these yet because we still have all these legal issues. They never asked. So I don't know how they can ask for damages now when they never asked for the sale not to go through. Mm. So this not probably, I mean, that's why. And earrings are still drama. Like the, there's still, for me, the earrings are still the scandal earrings. There's not a lot of clarity because the etched numbers and the gemology certificates that were on the receipt don't match the earrings that were sold. There's skills still scandal earrings. They're just, there, there's still unanswered questions, but I think that that's, um, I don't think that's going to go very far. Right. Because they were saying that the trustee pretty much was laughing at her. They didn't ask for a stay. You can't get damages. You didn't ask for the thing. You didn't ask them not to be sold. I mean, the well, drama that, around the earrings is so extra. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it you just like deaded it really quick. So I, I it's just it it they didn't ask. There is so much legal nonsense going on in this, and they should have asked for the stay. I talked about it. I'm not the only one that talked about it when that all went down. It's like, but they appealed it, but they didn't ask. So they're just letting the earrings be sold. It's too late. You can't let the shit get out of the horse and then try to shove it back in. It doesn't work that way. So I don't think she's going to get damages for the sale of the earring. I don't think she's going to get anything back for the sale of the earrings. She's got to be worried about the IRS. And now that Tom's been indicted, we're going to find out a lot more about what's going on mentally with him. It's just the whole thing is a disaster. The California state bar is having to like put their tail between their legs and be like, we're so sorry. We didn't do anything for 30 plus years. It's wild. The amount of uh, corruption that was going on here. And I get frustrated because the focus, and I love our focus on Erica, but most of the media has not covered the scandal with the state bar and they keep covering Erica. Tom Girardi stole from his clients for like 40 years and no one did shit about it because he bought everyone that he could all the way up to the governor of California. And everybody's like, "Mm, what? No, not. mm. I know she's on a reality show, but she didn't have a duty to everybody. Right. I think she has a duty to be a decent human being, but she didn't have a duty to his clients. It's just wild to me. It's wild to me. And it pisses me off. You know, and he was okay. So he's indicted, right? For allegedly embezzling, I think it was over 15 million that they were saying. Two indictments, one in Illinois, one in California, over 18 million total. 18 million total. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that he could face up to 20 years in prison. Oh, no, that's very low. Oh, really? No, that's per count. Oh, It's, it's lots and lots of years in prison. I mean, it's all, it's all. It's all monopoly money with Tom based on his age, the amount of sentencings. He's got to be evaluated first, and they've got to do a mental health evaluation. When they do this mental health evaluation, because there was somebody who already came out and said, who diagnosed him with Alzheimer's and early dementia, right? In the conservatorship, 
And those are more checkbox answers. Those aren't, those are court diagnostics, not full medical diagnostics the way that the federal court will do. Okay. Um, So that has been, that has been done. Emily, do you know if a date has been set for his mental evaluation? I don't know. And when they do this, so this is before, like you said, it's like check boxes. Whereas like this, since a judge is ordering it, this is more like a, we're going through a full evaluation. Yeah. More thorough diagnostic. A thorough diagnostic. Put that on a shirt, you guys. That sounds great. No. A, a thorough diagnostic. No, he dicks it on a shirt before you put thorough diagnostic on a shirt. Okay. This came up in the podcast yesterday. Sorry, law nerds. It's it's inside joke for, you know, I said what I said. But anyway, it's it's wild with Tom, but they will do a more thorough mental health evaluation to see if he can stand trial. But his son-in-law has been indicted. The CFO has been indicted. If the CFO goes to trial, this is a federal trial I might go and sit into. And if I go sit into this federal trial, it'll be in downtown LA, which means I'll be close to pump and everywhere else. I've never been there. Can I go get fried goat cheese balls? Like, do they still serve them? What does that still happen? Because if I'm in LA, I might have to go do that the next time I'm in LA. They serve them at Sir. And next time you go to LA and you want to go to Sir, Pump, or Tom Tom, just call me or Jason. Because we will make sure that you are totally taken care of. Come and hang out with me. Um, we we need to do that. But if if I am in LA for that, I will. <laughs> I will. But if the CFO goes to trial, I might go sit through that federal trial because it won't be televised. So I might I might go do that every day. Didn't they say there was somebody who came out and said that Christopher Kamen is going, I think it was Jay Edelson who was saying Christopher Kamen is going to squeal. Like he's going to be the one who's like throwing everybody under the bus. That's speculation, but I don't know who said it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay Edelson said it. I wouldn't be surprised if Kamen did that to save his own ass. Um, Normally, normally the person who knows where everything is, is the one the government's interested in. So interested in talking. So we'll see. It's kind of like with Jen Shaw. Um, the reason we haven't seen a sentencing date on Stuart Smith on my chat. This is my speculation. I am speculating. But I think the reason we haven't seen Stuart Smith sentenced yet is because he is still working with the feds on this case and still talking to the feds about people that were involved in this in all of this. And I think once time passes, we will see, see Stuart sentenced to substantially less time because he's been working with the government since the minute he was arrested. Could he go without any time? I haven't I mean, seen any of the co-conspirators go without any time, but he could get a substantial monetary fine and a lot of probation. Like in theory, that could happen. Oh, um, Thank you, you so much. Could you imagine reaction if that happened, if Stuart got no time? Could you imagine no. the rage? Um, Jay said that about Keith, not Chris. Oh, thank you for okay. correcting me. I appreciate that. And then Elaine Hargate wants to know, when it comes to the mental evaluation, are we talking MRIs? Um, they normally do medical diagnostics, but I have not worked in the federal system, so I cannot say that for sure. Okay. And then... Also, and the reason I asked you about Stuart Smith is because Savannah Chrisley recently just did her Unlocked podcast and she was talking, I believe it was with Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette, and they were talking about 
you know, what it was like. And she remembers when her parents got the guilty verdict. And she said, you know, the guy who claimed to have the relationship with Todd, who came out with everything and just said, here's all the information. I'm a vault. Open me up. What do Mm -hmm. you want to know? He didn't get anything. He got nothing, but he never got prosecuted. He was never charged. He got a deal without being charged. Stuart Smith has started working with the government after he got charged. So it's different. So the other guy was like, before any of this comes to a head, I'm going to tell him myself and everybody involved. Seems like it. There was a lot. uh, There was a lot in that testimony that I found suspicious, but the jury didn't. The, the, of all the cases I've covered, I think the Chrisleys have the strongest grounds for appeal of anything that I've covered um, since 2020. Really? Yeah. Like, okay, so if they do an appeal... They are the appeal, Right. So does that mean... One, does that get delayed whenever the court has time for it? Appeals take some time and their sentences did not get stayed because of the length of their sentences. So they are serving time while their appeal process is through. Appeals are do take quite a lot of time. Okay, and then... It won't now, get delayed. It'll just go through the normal process of appeal. So say this appeal happens and it goes in their favor, does that mean that they would serve less time or would they just get time served and be released? It. I hate to be the lawyer that says it depends all the time, but it depends. If they get a new trial, which is really the best outcome on appeal, if they get a new trial, they could be released and likely would be released pending a new trial. If they got a new trial, though, it's also likely they would be able to work out a deal for time served, not do a new trial, not have a conviction, do the time served, and and move forward. Wow. And I know that it depends. Put that on a shirt, too. Um, I know it depends, but if they got out, I mean, so wait a minute. This is... Okay. I mean, it's it. They have a, they have some solid grounds for appeal that I'm very interested in. Um, that I'm very interested in seeing play out. That's what I was going to ask you: is why do you feel that? There, there are some evidentiary issues with a search warrant that I think warrant more looking at, and I wonder how the appeals court will treat it. And then there was some testimony that was improper by an IRS agent that said that they had not paid the back taxes when in fact they had, they were able to prove it. The court did not find that persuasive at the trial court level. I just wonder how the appellate court, how persuasive the appellate court will find it. So there are, there are definitely some issues there for appeal. Most of the time I look at an appeal, I'm like, Oh, that sucks for you. So sorry. But when I looked at their appeal, I was like, this is uh this is pretty strong grounds for an appeal. The government has a lot of agents or a lot of arguments against it, but of all the appeals I've seen, theirs I think is the strongest that I've seen. It doesn't mean they will win. Appeals at oftentimes even if the appellate court finds error, they don't find its error worth overturning the case. They'll be like, "Yes, this was an error, but it's harmless error." too bad. You win kind of the appeal, but there's we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to order a new trial. It's very hard to get a new, a new trial. Okay. So, but of again, of all of the cases I've seen, theirs is is one of the stronger ones or is the strongest one. All right. Yeah. Well, yep. It's I, an interesting trial. It's it's a the Chrisley case is a really interesting interesting case. It's not a 
yeah, it's not it's not the cleanest prosecution I've seen, especially because their star witness had so many um, inconsistencies. I can't wait to see how this plays out now. Now I'm Same. so. I'm very invested. I'm very invested in how the appellate court is going to parse through this. I really, I don't cover a ton of appeals if I hadn't covered the underlying case because I like seeing how the case plays out in court. And the appellate court very much wants to let jury verdicts stand if they can in any way. So again, it's unlikely, but I think they do have good arguments, and I'm I'm interested to see it. Look, did you just change your background to Chrisley knows best on the fly? Yeah, oh, you're so professional. I'm just trying to keep it going. You're doing a great job. We're missing this man and her, and we have an appeal. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Thanks. <laughs> I'll be Kim in this. Um, will Tasha K appeal to the Supreme Court after losing her appeal in the defamation case with Cardi B? I don't think she can. I don't think the 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 smackdown from the appellate court of the Eleventh Circuit to Tasha K's lawyers, and this is not. Tasha K. This is be very clear. The appellate court smacked down Tasha K's lawyers for not preserving issues at appeal. The the same it would be the same result. And I don't know if Tasha K has the money to keep paying her lawyers to do it. I saw that she apologized to Cardi B. I imagine that this is where this stops. So the appellate court said your lawyers didn't preserve this for appeal. It's done. Hmm. It's it's just it's done. Now Cardi B has to try to get the money back, which is hard. Here we go again, Cardi. She's like, I got time. I'll make a song out of it. And Tasha's like, I'll make some content out of it. That's exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be music. There's going to be content. With all content creators, there's going to be content. I covered that a little bit on Tuesday. If you want to see content creators run wild when they get sued, Tuesday, I covered that in a completely different space than our world. Oof. Crypto. That, that gives me like anxiety. You're like, please don't sue me. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I'm not doing anything to any of you. Please don't sue me. Yeah. There are there are two lawyers in the law space right now that have ongoing lawsuits. It's wild. But they do make content out of it. So, you know. I mean, got to make money to pay those legal bills, right? <laughs> it kind of defines doing it for the gram. Is it doing it for the tube? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hip enough to, to have phases, phrases. I'm a 60-year-old woman in a 29-year-old man's body. I know nothing. <laughs> no. No, but I feel like we covered so much. We did the Brandy Glanville, Caroline Manzo. We talked about the restraining order. We touched on the Girardis, Tasha K and Cardi B and the Crisleys. Yes, we did. This was a treat. It's so good to see you. I miss you. So I miss you too. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other soon. I just don't think it's soon enough. But it's not soon enough. We need to find time in person because I got so sick last time we were supposed to meet in person. I felt awful about it. So we will have to we will have to see each other in person again. I'll just have to find an excuse to come down to Florida and see your beautiful new home and visit the studio and say hello to both of you and just and just make it work. What I need is more range on my car so it's easier to drive to Florida. But there are like four buckies at least in between here and there. My father, who is country as hell okay yeah madam yep and he the other day he made me go camping last weekend and he goes son i helped you hang your fans and did you know like the light fixtures in your home so all i want from you is for you to come camping so i was like dad i'll go camping and i said to jason i was like we're never going camping and and he went camping he kept reminding me so then he's like finally like he calls me like two weeks before he's like you're going camping right 
And I said, oh, I have the two dogs and nobody to watch them. Sorry, I can't go. He's like, it's fine. My camper, I can put a divider. And I'm like, of course you can. Of course you can put a divider. So I end up going and we're driving. It's about an hour and 45 minutes. And I saw a Tesla on the side of the road and I thought about you. And I'm like, oh, do you need gas? Need a little bit of electric? (laughs) Need a little electric. It's hard because when I bought... When I bought my car, I bought it for LA, um, which is a much different driving landscape than Tennessee. So it just doesn't quite have the range to make it easy to hop down to like Atlanta or hop down into Florida with a with a longer range vehicle that might be easier. My husband's like, it sounds like you're angling for a new car. I'm like, I mean, you're like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I mean, it's time. And then my my 15 year old is like, well, what, what car is my car? And I'm like, I am not ready for this conversation. I'm not ready for this conversation yet. Abort this conversation. I can yeah. see it now. I can see the car. I can see the purple leather seats with the stitching. <laughs> I don't know. About that. I don't know about that. But um, I, I do kind of want to wrap it. This is, this is getting into a completely tangential conversation. But I would do an ear. I would consider doing like a gray iridescent wrap that has like purple, depending on how the sun hits it. I think that would be amazing. But I am also a sparkly child and I love those things. So, you I know, mean, there we go. If you have not seen her in person, you have to see her in person. She's not lying. Especially she does not. Yes, 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 yes. I'll we leave spoke. it at that. How was camping though? Was it great? Um, we left after the first day. So it was fun. And then after, listen, it was, I wanted to get in the pool. There's like, there's like 50 people in the pool. Everybody's dressed in green at St. Patty's day. They have their coolers on the side of the pool and they're not leaving the pool. They're sitting there killing beer after beer after beer, which means they're obviously pissing in the pool, which of makes course. me so grossed out. So I'm not getting in the pool. No, and then it was crazy people. when I'm just not a camper. I don't understand. I have nothing have against a it. river because if you river, the water just keeps going. Yeah. When people pee in the when the river is okay, I'll do a river, but like the the pool, the pool yeah, I I can't do that. And then you know, and then I don't get it. And then you camp, and then you set everything up, and like my dad has a doormat in front of his camper, and they have a flag that says the Newells. And then you know, do. you hook everything up, and then before you leave, you have to drain the thing that you go to the bathroom in, and you have to hook it up. And I'm like, Ugh, no. <laughs> and then so all of the money that goes into making your own food and doing all the shit for yourself, you could have just stayed at a nice hotel for two nights glamping is where it's at you get kind of the best of both worlds that he glamps that's not glamping oh well my idea of glamping is staying in a log cabin see or sometimes they've got beautiful tents that have heating and and a little bit of ac glamping is a whole other thing he has that thing that goes over the back of the truck it's like a fifth wheel and it has two bedrooms and it has like fifth wheels are very nice i mean but it's it's not the same because glamping generally has a chef and all of the other things involved. Oh, okay. I don't know what glamping that is. I'm still talking. Okay, okay. No. They are camping adjacent resorts. So it is camping-esque, but it's also like camping meets a five-star hotel. So it is camping technically, but also resort. This is why you and Caroline Stanberry got along. (laughs) She's like, camping? Bring the private chef. You know, I. by the way, I just did an interview with her the other day, and I was talking to her. She had me, you what? I adore her. She, she, she had me dying. She was like, I think we talked about you, but she, she was, she had me like laughing and she's like, listen, she's like, do you remember Michael, the one that you met? Mm -hmm. Okay. So she moved into his house. Did I tell you that? 
No. Is that because her house is uh, getting remodeled? Or no, she, so she was building a house. If you go look, you can look at her Instagram. They just posted yes. it. Of course, they I have a massive that. like olive tree in the middle of their house. Yeah, it's and gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So in for a little bit of time, she calls Michael, tells him, listen, two weeks. I'm just going to show up. No, she's like, not a big deal. And he's out of town. She shows up with two housekeepers, a driver, a chef, three kids, like three dogs, her husband. She has like 30 boxes. And then on top of like the 30 boxes, she's like, he comes home and all of these people are running around his house. And he's like, what's going on? And she's like, relax, Michael. And then he's like, we, um, yeah, he's like, this is my house. And he already has, I mean, he has his own, I guess, like crew of people that work for him, but he, he comes home and she's like overtaking the house and she's laughing about it. And two weeks turned into two months. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this poor man. Of course it did. She should have rented a house from Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, she could have, but they saw that. But Adam, you know. I adore you. I'm sorry that I have to run. No, my um, gosh. I, we've covered everything. I, now we're I, just making small talk. I appreciate you. We will catch up again soon. I am sorry that I have to bounce, but I have something I have to finish that is time sensitive. So I appreciate you. I will let you wrap up with the chat. Chat, I appreciate you. Um, you are... Absolutely incredible. Adam's family, thank you for being such good hosts. Adam, I will see you and Jason soon. Have a wonderful rest of your stream. You're almost at an hour and 30 minutes. So I know. I would just say goodbye and roll out the hour. I am. All right. Am. Thank Bye, you. Emily. Thank you. Bye, y'all. All right, guys. Thank you again so much for joining us and all of the law nerds who joined our community. Guys, don't forget that tonight, and I'm going to bring this up really quick. So if you guys are in here and you're watching Vanderpump Rules and covering the scandal of it all, we have our second channel up in Adam 2, and we're going to be going on there tonight. If you're not subscribed, let me just bring this up for you guys right now. That way you guys can see because we are doing an after party and we are joined by two people who are very close to the cast, Jamie Lynn and Brett Kenyon, tomorrow for our Vanderpump Rules recap right here on the main channel. But as you can see, I'm sharing it right here. You can see it's also like a rainbow kind of icon, but click on Up and Atom, the upcoming lives, the after party tonight. Go check it out. Make sure you join us. It's going to be right after Watch What Happens Live. You will not want to miss this. Jax and Brittany are going to be on tonight and get subscribed over here. All of the after parties, the morning meetings, the behind the scenes are on Up and Adam 2, and then we bring you all the rest of the content right here, and we will be dropping our interview with Teresa Judice before you know it. Ebony Dix, thank you so much for the super chat. We appreciate you. Emily, you are great at commentary. I love how you stuck up for Camille Vasquez. Beautiful women like you can be professional while working. Yay! Bye, guys. Love you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.